are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Lockdown Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, joining you on this Tuesday edition of the show. It's episode number two this week of five, downloaded wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube and on Twitter, at LockdownBirds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DBLCLOE. We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Today we are recapping, Gino, yet another quiet NFL trade deadline for the Eagles in 2021. They did make one trade with the Denver Broncos, adding some more young cornerback depth. We'll get into the prospect later on in the show. It was Kerry Vincent Jr., a 2021 rookie, the Eagles give up a six-round pick for him. So kind of like 2019 where they traded for Jannard Avery, right? There was a lot of hype. There could be some big moves made. At that time, it was the Eagles buying. This year, it was all about them potentially selling, but they stay quiet yet again. Gino, I feel like 2017 and 2018 kind of set expectations a bit too high for the deadline with how we going to get Jay Ajayi and Golden Tate maximizing that window, whereas the last three years, this is the way it's going to be for the most part the majority of the time in the NFL, not just with the Eagles. Yeah, until they really move it back a couple weeks. And I'm glad we'll you mentioned that because I love that point you made on Twitter. I'll always continue to make that point because it's you look at point. like the MLB trade deadline, the NBA trade de- trade deadline, it's probably yeah. 65% of the way through the season. I know the NHL, you only get like two and a half months out of a guy. And the NFL, you have teams that are still like, quote-unquote, in contention. The Eagles were in the hunt on the logo. They're only a the game out of – well, Gino, they're a game out of the, the final wildcard spot, and the team that holds it, the Carolina Panthers, they have the matchup tiebreaker with. I know. The NFC is so top-heavy, and then that's a big reason why you can't kind of differentiate the buyers and sellers, even though right. a couple weeks ago the Eagles move out Zach Ertz, they moved that pick for Joe Flacco – they were on the precipice of having some discussions about potential big names like Fletcher Cox. Right. But Howie Roseman, I think, has learned that giving up like a fourth round pick for Jannard Avery might come back to bite you in the end. Giving up a third round pick for Golden Tate might come back to bite or you in the end. Or taking one for a good player, too. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. You, this is kind of, if you're a soccer fan, the January transfer window, it's in the middle of the season. Teams Mm -hmm. really don't get like those big name guys. They wait till about the summer and it's the same with free agency. You see a guy today like Deshaun Jackson, a team wouldn't even give up a pick for that guy and he ended up getting released today. And I don't think it'll change until it's moved back. But I believe that Howie kind of has just grown in this deadline period the last couple years, which is good because if he is still here or if he isn't, they still have those high draft picks, which are something you don't ever want to give up. You're giving up a conditional pick, which is going to be the later of the two picks that you acquired in the sixth round, one being from the Jets for Joe Flacco, which was originally the Buccaneers pick, and the other being the Colts pick, which you got in the Matt Pryor trade Mm. for a guy, and I I said this on the Locked On Trade Deadline show, you had done a lot of work on these players like Mac McCain, who they picked up off the Denver practice squad early in the season. Then again with Tay Gowan in the Zach Ertz trade, who was picked 
directly before Jacoby Stevens was picked, most likely would have been that selection. And then the Eagles picked Patrick Johnson just a few picks ahead of Kerry Vincent. So you have already done the work on these players. Your scouting staff knows who they are. The Broncos had so many cornerbacks. Why not call and see at yeah. least what you can get? You're going to wait around until pick 11 or your 11th pick next year to address that position. Why not get a guy that you probably had liked prior to this season to mm. bring him in here at a cheap cost? Still on his first year of his rookie deal. Right. This is a perfect kind of trade for what they mm -hmm. were going to do. They weren't going to go out and do a third-round pick for Golden Tate or trade mm -hmm. a pick for a Jay Ajayi. Just because you won against Detroit, right, the winless football team in the NFL only mm -hmm. right now around the league, um, that doesn't mean even though you're a game out of the wild card that you suddenly become buyers. So mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting anything like that. And like you said, I mean, you already traded Zach Ertz. You got a pick for Joe Flacco. I thought maybe they'd be sellers today and try to trade Fletcher Cox, which they apparently did. Um, Andre Dillard, maybe Derek Barnett. There was a lot of guys, Brandon Brooks. I mean, there's a lot of names that came to mind, but do you know, at the same time, they didn't have to do anything today. They weren't, you know, the fire wasn't under them because you already have 11. They already had 11 picks in this draft. You like, ideally, yeah. I mean, if the, you know, situation was right and you can get a second and a third round pick for Fletcher Cox, you do it. But you just because you're sellers and just because you're rebuilding doesn't mean you trade every single veteran for anything you can get. Not when you're already set up the way the Eagles are in this draft. Absolutely not. And this is the exact type of move I, I had addressed early this morning. I put out a tweet and I said, if they're going to make a trade today, it's going to come in regards to probably a player that is at a position of that's bolstered in Detroit. I mean, in Denver, for example, they have so many cornerbacks at a position of need. Cornerback is a position of need. They already made one move there. They're looking to start building now. They're being proactive. I think that's a great mindset to have, that if you can improve even in the lowest positions and at least get eyes on this guy in the building, that is such a bigger, I would say, bonus than hanging on to this six-round pick that, yeah, you could take a shot on a guy, but if you really like him and you want to get ahead of the eight ball, you still can turn around and make that selection for cornerbacks, which they probably will later on. But I think it's good to have that guy in camp right now. The other teams around the NFL can't get their hands on him if he was subject to the waiver wire if they had put him back down. It's a move that isn't going to move mountains, but it's a move that good teams have to try and make or teams that are trying to get better have mm -hmm. to make because the veteran talent isn't there and you're going to have a huge hole there. Once Darius Slay leaves within a couple of years, why not see what you have now and see if you can right. make an upgrade, even in the smallest of margins. Yeah. And I think, you know, when it comes to not really being crazy sellers today, as opposed to, you know, the consensus, some people thought they might be crazy sellers. Um, it's not just that you don't take anything for those guys considering the luxury of picks you already have, but at the same time too, you can't just get rid of the entire core of your team halfway through the season. Like you said, if you push, if the NFL wanted more activity and they pushed it back later in the season and you're, I don't know, you know, you're four and nine at that point, then okay, there might be a lot more activity, but you can't really justify to this team when you're three and five and the season's not over getting rid of every single core piece that's important to this team right now, even if they're not long-term pieces. Like somebody mentioned to me, like maybe trade Steven Nelson and I got that. But at the same time, it's like, if you trade Steven Nelson right now, who is your second boundary corner? I mean, you can't 
wreck this football team this year, even with the rebuild in mind. You should be sellers 100%, and you're not giving up draft picks to contend this year. But at the same time, it is a balancing act. This isn't the NBA where you can just go nuts and get rid of everybody midway through the season. You know, the offseason can be a different approach, but, you know, as you said in the deadline, it's so early in the year where everybody's still alive that that's just, that's hard to justify in front of your team. It definitely is. I thought Steven Nelson was one of the names that you could hypothetically look to have moved for. You know what I mean, right? Like you're not trading Jason Kelsey just because you think he might yeah, retire no, next no. year. And the thing with the Fletcher Cox deal as well, it's like, I don't think anybody outside of Philly really got that feel that he was on the way out. I think he, he still wants to play here. He yeah. tweeted or he put up the Instagram post rather that he's we Philly were all sweating forever. that out for a few minutes because we're like, okay, that could mean that he's either out and he's saying goodbye mm -hmm. or he's saying like, I'm here to stay. That was uh, and, an interesting five minutes. Same with the Javon Hargrave uh, eyeball tweet. Yeah, he, he's always seen <laughs> I these think guys some players like that. to mess with you during the deadline, you know? Absolutely. But uh, you can't be a team like Houston, right? Because I think what Houston is doing kind of significant signifies rather, excuse yeah. me, um, where they are as a franchise. They're having to move players because they need as many picks as possible. Yes, the Eagles need picks, but to do this rebuild, which we have been saying, you still need those veteran presences. Right, right. Veterans are part of rebuilds, you know. You know, absolutely. And yes, once Steven Nelson moves on next year, a couple of those linebackers yeah. move on. You look to fill in those gaps with the guys that you have on the roster. Mm -hmm. So why not add young talent that's athletic that can run? That's everything that they've wanted in Philadelphia. I think this is just another move to kind of buy into this youth movement, and you don't need to unload these guys. Yeah, if somebody comes to you in the offseason and offers Fletcher Cox for a two and a three, I think right. you're going to take it to get out from that contract. Or like we'll give you a one for, I mean, for Cox and Slay. Like if you're trying that kind of stuff, sure. But it's not like those guys can't still play for – Mm -hmm. another contract, you know, they're not 35 years old and a Jason Kelsey type player where you're or Jason Peters, where you're taking it year after year, waiting for them to retire, waiting for them to drop off. I mean, they're not elite anymore, but they can still be core pieces still for more than just a year. They're not rentals. Right. Like is all of a sudden that play that Milton Williams made like enough to justify trading no. one of your top interior defensive right. linemen. Absolutely not. It was one game against Detroit. It wouldn't have justified anything. Yeah. And I really do believe that Fletcher Cox has a chance to play this contract out. Like, and, and I don't see why you wouldn't want him to. Defensive lineman can play a long time. Yeah. We keep saying that. And I think his game is coming into his own the last couple of weeks. I thought he played his best. I think the whole defensive line played their best game against Detroit. And can you build on that now? And I mm -hmm. think that's after the, po after the trade deadline, once the, the smoke is kind of settled. Okay. This is what we got. Nobody else is coming in the building unless somebody, there's a freak, um, free agent that they just like put out on the market that you could get for, for cheap, but that really never happened. So what you have now this is the rest of the evaluation process for the year, Lou. You're going to find out who is in the cards moving forward. And I think it's going to be a lot of these veterans that we've seen. Why create a hole for unnecessary purposes? There's no right. reason to trade Fletcher Cox just because. Not at the trade deadline, not with Howie Roseman as your GM, who never gets outbid on a trade or never is kind of the loser in a trade, I would feel. Today, I think he said, yeah, we're going to continue that and we're not going to be uh, Houston. We're not going to be a Jets team. These teams that just 
really don't know what they have. And if they could get a pick for a, a young player that they don't know what he is, yeah, they're going to do that. The Eagles aren't in that position. 100%. This is the Locked On Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, recapping yet another quiet 2021 NFL trade deadline, or just a quiet trade deadline in general in 2021, just like it was in 2019 and 2020. We'll continue to get into it coming up next right here on LOE. Hey, Locked On Eagles fans, this is Gino Camilleri. We're talking about trade deadlines. We're talking about return on investment. I'll give you the best return on investment that you could have simply by downloading an app onto your phone. It is insanely easy to do. It's called Get Upside. Our listeners today can make 25 cents on every gallon of gas every time they fill up. And today, if you go and download the Get Upside app and you go to the Google or Apple store today, put in the promo code TOUCHDOWN, you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's 50 cents per gallon, and you get it cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get the cash back using Get Upside just by downloading the app and using the promo code TOUCHDOWN today to get up to 50 cents per gallon back on your first take. On your first tank, some people who drive a lot make as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. It could be an Amazon gift card, it could be a late round draft pick if you're Howie Roseman, it could be just about anything. Go to get upside today, use that promo code touchdown to get a high return on your gas investment. This is your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked On Eagles. Guys, we thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And we're on Twitter as well, Talking Birds 24 7 at Locked On Birds at GC 24 underscore football at DBLC LOE. Gino, we're recapping a quiet 2021 trade deadline for the Eagles. They did make a trade at the last second giving up a 2022 sixth-round draft pick for rookie Denver Broncos corner, Kerry Vincent Jr. We'll get into that move in segment three, but I want to continue to talk about if the Eagles made the right call holding on to some of these guys. We talked about Fletcher Cox at the end of segment one. We'll get back into Fletcher in a bit, but um, I think you know when you go to the offensive side of the football, one of the obvious names that you thought were going to be in trade discussions, and he was, um, but the Eagles decided to hold on to him was Andre Dillard, and there was a market for him, but the Eagles didn't really like the value, and I kind of, I think we agree here, I think we both get each side of the debate here with to trade Dillard or not to trade Dillard, I get people that want to trade him because, you know, you maximize the value now, get any return on that investment, you trade it up for this guy in 2019, you spent a first-round pick on him to be the left tackle of the future. Right now, as long as Lane Johnson and Jordan Maialata are here, that's not going to be the case. So while he's playing well, maximize the value, get a decent pick out of him, and move on. But I also get the other side of this argument, Gino, where it's like, you don't need, I mean, you have, a again, you had 11 picks this year. Would you rather have Andre Dillard and good young offensive line depth or would you rather just take another late round pick? I get why they would want to hold on to somebody like Dillard. And again, it's it's the the balancing act of yes, being sellers, but not just trading every single player just for the sake of we're rebuilding. So that means we just stockpile picks where, like we're the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's not the way football works, and you don't have to do that. So I'm not in outraged that Andre Dillard wasn't traded. I, to me, I was okay with either outcome. Mike Garofolo today on NFL Network had said that the team thinks highly of him and they wanted to get he's a, playing well. a day two pick for him. Long story short, they did, they yeah. knew they were going to get a one, but they value that kid. And I think the value in a, I would say a 
capable starter. Not to mention how he's a stubborn guy and invested a lot in him. Absolutely, and I think he has kind of proved his worth in that little short stint he had this year. He's able to remain healthy. He even came in that game once they pulled the starters against Detroit. He is a swing tackle that can help out at any given time, and if not, you can move Jordan Mailata to right tackle, and you can move Andre Dillard to left tackle, and they've done that, and it opens up optionality. He has versatility, all the all the talking points that Howie talks about. And at the end of the day, much like that Fletcher Cox move, why create a hole for something that you don't know what you're going to have? I mean, you don't know the long-term future of Lane Johnson. I mean, yeah. you would you would like to think that You'd he, hope. You, you would hope that he's in a great headspace now and he wants to continue to play the game, but to each their own and you got to take care of yourself. And we've Mm -hmm. seen this trend of players kind of hanging it up early to better their mental state. And if he has to do it, he has to do it. Jason Kelsey talked about retiring too. What are you going to walk into next season with two to three major holes? If you move on from Brandon Brooks, well, it's not like, I mean, my has shown every reason to believe in him long-term, but it's not like my is a JP that's been doing this for 10 plus years. Right? It's nice to have an insurance policy. Yeah. You have to have insurance in this league and at offensive line. They've done it for two plus decades and they're going to continue to do it. If a team comes to you this offseason and you could get a deal like I would say in the case of Staley and uh, Orlando Brown or Mm -hmm. Ronnie Stanley, rather, you have that guy that is a left tackle, another guy who wants to play left tackle. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's a situation where a team sees that and they're willing to up their offer in the offseason where they might be able to renegotiate the contract, add a couple of years on there. Just maybe, right you get, now. maybe you get this guy to train at right tackle too, which could raise his value if he can start playing multiple spots. Yeah, man. Stout has been speaking highly of him. And when Stoutland talks, you have to yeah. listen to what the guy says. He, he continues to put his money where his mouth is. And when he says guys are going to come out and perform, they do. I mean, the Landon Dickerson pick, I would mm-hmm. say is looking like one of the better picks in this class already. He's gotten I, better and better each week for sure. He looked pretty good against Detroit, especially on the ground. Yeah. PFF good. has him as the fifth highest rated run uh run yeah. blocking you could offensive see lineman. You could see it. Yeah, and he has the power and it all comes down to trusting your skill position coaches to train these guys. And I think they trust their defensive secondary coaches right now to bring in these young guys. I think you've seen better play out of their young corners. Look at Avante Maddox, Lou. If you, for the longest time, and you and I are in this discussion, complained about coaches not being able to develop players, and then now (laughs) the way that you want to address it is that when they do develop players, you want to move on from them. That's not how you build a football team. Like Andre yeah. Dillard, he should have been given every chance to kind of prove who he was. This year, his anchor has looked better. His punches look better. His footwork has looked better. Players take a little bit to develop and to keep him there. After this season, you're not going to have LaRaven Clark as your swing tackle. They just waved Brett Toth today because they had to get um, Kerry Vincent Jr. onto the roster. Even after this season, Lou, there's the potential that he could be a mainstay on your offense and be an important piece. And Mm -hmm. then we look at it today and it's like, 
oh, if you traded him today, then you have to go into the draft trying to address that position. Lou's going to complain that they draft an offensive lineman early. I'm Nobody wants to. that you situation. I'm going to. So might as well keep <laughs> the guys in-house. You have, I, I think Andre Dillard has done fine. I think Landon so Dickerson true. has done fine. I think Jack Driscoll is one of the gems that they have. Well, and you, Gino, you can always still trade him down. It's the Zach Ertz thing, too. It's like some players, yes, you shouldn't wait and be greedy and get the value now, or you could mm-hmm. it could end up costing you waiting too long. There's been times where Howie's waited way too long, but there's also times where it's like, okay, we kind of know his value isn't going to – it can only rise at this point. So why take – we're going to ask for a lot now. And if people say, no, that's fine. We're going to, he's a valuable asset to our team. Just like Zach Ertz was like, he's going to be our top backup tackle. And then down the road, if still the price hasn't raised, okay, then you take like what they got from Arizona with Zach Ertz. And you can still do that down the road. I think with some, again, some players, you have to hit on the value when you can, but there's also other instances where you can be patient, use him still for your team. And then eventually down the road, I mean, you, you can still get, I think, a valuable pick. I do too. And what happens, like, God forbid, Jordan Mailata suffered that injury. Like, what if it starts to act up again and you've just moved him? You're not calling Jason Peters this go around. You, you don't got a guy that can just play right. left tackle anymore. Right. Swing tackle, as much as it is like, oh, what is, what is a swing tackle? Who cares? It is one of the most prized positions for personnel, especially offices. in Philadelphia, when you've seen the injuries and they've needed that spot since 2017 a lot. Absolutely. And I think all the teams in the NFL kind of want to do that. You look at Buffalo, they had Ty Secchi there the yeah. last couple of years. He was one of the most highly regarded players in that locker room for the role that he played. You look at Dallas this year with Terrence Steele. He has come in and played excellent for Lyle Collins. That third tackle, you got to have a stable of these guys, Lou. Mm -hmm. You have to. It's like a starting pitching rotation at this point. Like if you have one good one and he gets hurt, best of luck to you. But if you have multiple, which happened in 2017 where they got good play out of Halapuli Vadi Vaitai, you have seen the success that could come from that. Don't sell cheap. You could even, I I, like you said, Lou, I think you could even up his value. I mean – uh, the leverage is still in Philadelphia's hands and they weren't ever going to give that leverage away in a deal like that. Today. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Gino staying on the offensive line. I mean, Brandon Brooks was there were he was in trade talks this past off season. I thought with the way Landon Dickerson has looked Jack Driscoll, Nate Herbig, you got Isaac Samalu coming back next year. Maybe Brandon Brooks could be somebody they field offers for. So, I mean, like there wasn't any crazy surprises today, but I thought there were some names that could be more involved. I, I wish they could have got something for Derek Barnett, right? But the minute I was joking, I said the minute he got that sack against the Lions, I'm like, there it is. He's got a sack. Like, go. Like, can you get anything for him? But I, I don't think there were any like crazy surprises today that they held on to these guys. There weren't any like need to get rid of this player right now type of situation. So although it would have been nice to collect a, a, an asset for a player that isn't part of the long-term plans, I'm, again, it's like I'm kind of indifferent to the result today. Yeah, and I've been somebody who's followed the NHL trade deadline for the longest time. Same, I used always... to skip school every year for it, dude, because it's a different <laughs> animal in other sports. You're smart. I never did, and I would always just never do good work that day in school. But you always hear the discussions of those players that almost got traded at that deadline or in yeah. the NBA, for example, the same type of thing. And then the summer hits, 
that's when the real juice starts to get flowing, like an yeah. Odell Beckham move that was discussed today. I could see something like that happening mm-hmm. for the Saints or one of those teams that called on him today. A Deshaun Watson move wasn't going to happen today. Anybody who no. believed it was going to happen today is just – I never understood I, it with didn't all understand the unknowns. That. It sounded crazy that a team would invest anything in that. Yeah, and it's going to all play out – once that new season starts, once the free agency period opens, you can trade those draft picks. Did I expect the Eagles to go into the draft with 11 picks next year? I still think they could get 10 or 11, but I knew they were going to move on from some of these picks. They were just going to hold them and do nothing with them. They are going right. to move and try and get players like they have done in the past for minor amounts. Hassan Ridgeway. Guy's been playing out of his mind. A seventh-round draft pick they gave up for that kid. Yeah. For a guy that didn't play in Indy, rarely played in Indy, comes here, the scouting staff saw him, liked him, got him into play, and now through multiple different schemes, he has been an instrumental player as a role player in your in your defense. And I think these guys like Gowan, Mac McCain, Kerry Vincent, who we're going to talk about, can yep. be role players for you moving forward. Absolutely, and we're going to get into Kerry Vincent because the Eagles did make a trade today right before the deadline hit, trading for Denver Broncos rookie cornerback Kerry Vincent Jr. We'll get into the impact on the defensive back group. Coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles, and guys, today's show is sponsored by Beachbound. In life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or may you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, it'd be a sour beer for me. I'll be happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. Guys, this is Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. We thank you for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, wrapping up this Tuesday edition of the show. Gino discussing the NFL trade deadline. The Eagles make one trade today. They sent a 2022 sixth-round draft pick for rookie cornerback from the Denver Broncos, Kerry Vincent Jr., formerly a LSU DB. Um, Somebody the Eagles really liked, as you mentioned earlier in the show, could have been a draft pick this past draft for them if he did fall to the pick they wanted to use him on. I went back and watched some tape really quickly before the show. I thought overall I liked what I saw. Looked like the kid had some good ball skills, plays pretty aggressive. And I just think overall you need more young bodies in that cornerback group, right? I mean, you got Tegawan, you've got Zach McPherson, you've got Vincent Jr. now too. Hopefully at least one of those guys can become something. You know, you didn't have anything heading into the season when you, you know, the last two years you got rid of Razul Douglas, Sidney Jones, Cravon LeBlanc, Chandon Sullivan. You've needed to replenish that prospect pool at CB. So hopefully one of these guys can stick. And like you said, it's a, a good benefit. Get the guy in the building now, give up that pick, a pick you wanted to use on him the year earlier anyway and see what you got. Absolutely. And real quick on his measurables, uh, he ran a 439-40. You can he tell he Vertical jumped 35 and a half inches, yeah. broad jump 909. A lot of upside. Weighed in at 185, height under 510 at 5096. So he's mm-hmm. five foot nine and six eighths of an inch. He's got 30 and one quarter inch arms. Definitely a nickel style guy. But you didn't really friend- have a nickel backup, Gino. No, our friend uh, Andrew DeCecco, who is a good friend of the show, he had tweeted that 
at LSU, he played safety, he played outside corner, he played nickelback. Now you have, I say, a stable of guys who can play multiple different positions mm-hmm. here in Philly with Kavon Wallace, who can kind of move around within 10 yards. If the you guy have ever a, decides to be healthy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying this is like no, the I kind of players we have wanted. Kerry yeah. Vincent Jr. kind of fits into that role now as well. Avante Maddox is the guy there. They added Josiah Scott as well. They've taken, I would say, 70% of this cornerback unit in the last two years and flipped it on its head from last year. I mean, they have Darius Slay and they have Avante Maddox. The rest of them are yeah, gone. They're not going to be done, man. They're gonna, You know they're going to invest a high pick this year too. Absolutely, and I think that 4-3-9 number, yes, it's just a 40-yard dash, but the play speed that they want out of their cornerbacks I think is the biggest plus in this move because you draft to beat your division you find guys that are players that can help you beat your division they needed fast guys in the secondary that could keep up with michael gallup that could keep up with amari cooper sedarian lamb cedric willis right now i mean dallas has seven different weapons they can throw at you the eagles had maybe three guys that could play man coverage you're gonna find out even these young guys can they play and can they run yeah do they want to play? Like throw them in there the last couple games of the season down the stretch. If if you're well, really out the of lack it. of safety depth, you know, I'd love to see him get a chance. I I saw one play from LSU where the dude came sideline to sideline across the field, you know, undercut a route and pick the ball off for a touchdown. And that was when he was playing safety. So, you know, you need bodies out there at, at safety. You haven't really been able to play dime a lot because of it. Yeah, seriously, you you didn't even have the numbers. And yeah. I think now having these guys, they don't have to be the tallest players. They don't have to be the longest, but they got to have athleticism. We've mm. seen that. I mean, look at a player who they finally had moved on from, Michael Jaquette, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a big, long corner, for example. And they they love those guys. Tay Gowan's six foot one, Darius Slay's six foot one, but he couldn't run. He wasn't athletic. And they said, you know what? We're, d- we're done with this project, especially in Jonathan Gannon's scheme where he's going to trust you as a corner to defend every level of the field. He's going to make you run one-on-one, even in zone situations where he does his inverted cover twos. You have to cover a lot of ground as a corner, as a safety in this defense. If you can't run, if you're not athletic, you're not going to make it. And even moving into next year, Lou, That's exactly what I want them to do at the top of the draft. So just these little crumbs that we've been gathering, these little maybe minor moves on the waiver wire, minor Mm -hmm. trades that they've been making, it's a good idea and a good understanding of where they can go with this. Well, and it's where this team finds role play or a lot of their cores, you know, I mean, you look at Jordan Maialata Mm -hmm. and Josh Sweat and Avante Maddox. I mean, you look at a lot of these, Quez Watkins, they're Kenny Gainwell, they're later draft picks. So, you know, back in the day, I would have been, I wouldn't really thought of moves like this, but the Eagles have kind of made their money in this way. So, I, you know, for me, I think it's all worth talking about. And this was the kind of move that made sense for them. If they were going to be buyers today, I thought it was going to be for a younger player that's on a contract that you know could be a part of the future, you weren't going to buy a rental. So if they were going to make a trade today for themselves getting a player, this to me makes exact the exact amount of sense for what I was expecting. There were never going to be discussions around a guy like Von Miller in Philadelphia, no, not in no. the year 2021. And we are way beyond I'm not that. bringing back to Sean Jackson either. People trust me. I'm not doing that again. I promise. No, 
the Jay Ajayi Union number two was not helping. Not happening. No, the Jay Ajayi move at the time was a very good understanding, a very good self awareness role play where they had added a guy that they had needed and he worked out. Mm. But then at times it didn't work out. Golden Tate didn't work out. Jannard Avery has even the Golden rare- Tate trade at the time made sense for what they were doing. Right. I right. Mean, the logic was fine. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'd say the logic behind all these moves has been there. Yeah. But the risk the reward, I think like yeah. the Golden Tate one, like that was a high risk to play to take for the reward from what you could have gotten that guy. Even Jannard Avery with a fourth. Like yeah, you haven't paid off either. You know what I mean? A six round pick that's gonna be at the back end of that draft for a guy you've done work on, for a guy that your personnel staff likes to poach from another team where nobody else can get their hands on them, that's good business. That's a good business decision. It's not flashy. It's not going to be in the papers tomorrow on the front page, but it's just a move that this team has to continue to make. These guys that have played and haven't shown up, all right, you're out the building, man. Like Next guy up, even on the practice squad cornerbacks, next guy up. We're going to find improvements in the crumbs. We're going to find money in the margins, and this is one of those moves that Howie Roseman did today. We'll see a bluster of them in the offseason, regardless who the general manager is, especially with all this draft capital. 100%. We'll get into it more tomorrow on Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles Eagles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We've got three more shows this week, guys. Find them on any podcast platform or find them on YouTube as well. We've got tomorrow, we've got Thursday, we've got Friday, and then the Eagles take on Justin Herbert, Gino's guy, in the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. We've got you covered right here on LOE. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter as well, at LockdownBirds, at Tibiasi, LOE, at GC24 underscore football. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, and let's go Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.